insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. To Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to uh, that was kind of a sudden intro. There <laughs> sure was. Kind of cut that off a little abruptly. <laughs> a little out of practice. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode one forty nine. Franklin, my dear, I don't give a Zolocon. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my rested and relaxed co-host, Michelle. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, dear? I'm doing well. How are you? I am frustrated because my camera three is not working and I had to quickly replace it. I understand. But, uh, but uh, you know, other than the technical difficulties, I think I'm doing just Well, fine. that's good. Um, so been kind of on a hiatus <laughs> for a while here. <laughs> Unintentional. Uh, we just haven't had a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, we keep kind of trying to, I guess, revamp how we want the show to be, what we want the show to be. Um, and we just haven't really found that right mix of what we, what we actually want to, right. to do. We don't want to just regurgitate, you know, the, the news stories. Um, we want to add value. Right. We want right. to add value to the things that we talk. Right. About. We want to make it so that, you know, also you can go back to a, you know, a past podcast and re-listen to it again right. and, and find some entertainment value uh, sure. from it. So, and, I, and I think the weekly cadence was got to be too much of a grind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we, it got to the point where we were struggling to find things. Right. right. So show. it was definitely a, you know, we want it to be quality, not necessarily quantity. So if it's something exactly. where it's once exactly. a month, it's once a month. If it's twice a month, it's twice a month. If it's, you know. I think at minimum once a month, I think we can, you know, we can probably things to talk probably. about. Especially now that convention season is mm-hmm. going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So today we're not really going to be talking about much in the way of news. We're going to be talking about a couple of things that we had attended. Mm-hmm. We will be talking in our first segment about the Disney 100 exhibition at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. Uh, then we'll, the next day, actually, we went to ZoloCon. Mm-hmm. ZoloCon. It's your most favorite convention <laughs> toy, toy, toy show to, to go to. So we Just we so have you can say of, that. We have a little bit of footage from both mm-hmm. of those. We'll take a look at those. And then I kind of threw something together real quick for our third segment here. I thought it would be worthwhile since our last podcast, we talked about swapping the Bobs again and Bob Iger coming back. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of see where things are and, and what, what challenges Iger might be facing right now and just get your opinion on that. 
and how things are going with Disney, you know, since he's come back into the sure. fold. But before we do that, though, I would like to invite our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. You can get audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Entertainment. And you can get audio and video versions of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. You can find us pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast these days. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, and so forth. I would also invite you to write in, give us your feedback, tell us how we're doing, give us your suggestions on what you'd like us to talk about. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash insights underscore things. Or you can get links to all that and more on our official website at www.insightsintothings.com. Shall we get into sure. it? Sure. Here we go. So Disney 100, mm-hmm. Franklin Institute, Philadelphia. We were there last weekend. Last, last weekend, which was was that opening? No, weekend? it was yeah. their second weekend. Second week. They second opened weekend. the the week before. Right. Um, so we were there early in the morning. We got there. We did the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a twelve thirty thirty uh, time for the exhibit. And they have it in the same exhibit hall. They have all the other ones. We've done the Star Wars one. We've done the Marvel one. What are your thoughts? Walk us through it. Um, so I, I have to say, if you are a fan of Disney, any aspect of, of Disney, being in this area, we're very fortunate because this is the only location within the United States that this is is going to be. So um, there are people that are traveling from from all over the country to to come and see it because this is the only place. So that's kind of special uh, to to think that, um, you know, that we're kind of hosting it, even though we're not physically uh, hosting well, it. And let's, you know, let's let's be fair, since they always do the D23 well, in that's, California, well, that's, the least they could do is give the East Right, Coast exactly. Yeah. And and that's when you think about all of the, the D23 events and everything else. It's usually always Florida or it's California. So to, to actually have it, you know, in Philadelphia, you know, so so really, for anybody that that's within you know a, a couple of hours, you know, and you're a, a Disney fan, this is a a look into you know behind the scenes stuff that you don't normally get to see. Um, Disney has been doing a lot of different um, behind the 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 scenes uh, shows on Disney Plus, like you know behind the vault or you know, all these different shows. There's a couple of different oh, ones. Oh, you mean that show that you started watching again without me, that that Disney show? No, the other one that oh, we the, already oh, watched. The other, ones, the other one that you're watching. No, we already watched it. Well, I thought we, you stopped at one point. You're, that's the, that's the, the, um, that's the attraction one. That's oh, the okay. other well, one. I know there was one of them. There was, one. there was one that you left me out of. I right. Know that. Well, anyway, there's various different shows that are on that Disney Plus is running that they've been running where they give you some of these behind the scene things from the archives, uh, you know, look at, at stuff that 
unless you work for, you know, the Disney Corporation you've never seen. So this is such an an opportunity to be able to see so many different things from so many different decades, you know, going back a hundred years, really, with the the company when you think about it, um, and different aspects of it. So you have the animated part of it, you have the music part of it, uh, you have the attractions, um, you know, so they, they break down the whole exhibit um, into, I think they, they had it uh, in 10, what did they call it? Um, uh, um, what did they call it? Why can't I think of the word? I don't know, what did they call it? The, the 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 different themed galleries you know the the different galleries that you know and and each gallery had a different theme to it uh, one was costuming um one was the individual characters one like i said was the music um technology even showing uh, some of the uh audio animatronic body parts how they would manipulate a character to make it move. Obviously, then the drawing aspect of it and even going from the original way that the movies and cartoons were drawn to now the computer animated. How do they make Rapunzel's hair move a certain way? And so they have all these little videos going on. Algorithms like like Google, (laughs) right? Right, exactly. So there's a lot to it and so much to really see. And unfortunately, there were so many people there that it's kind of hard to to read everything and to look at everything. So fortunately, because we live so close by, it's definitely something that I want to get to again to so, be able so, to... So how long is it actually... It is actually here, here in, in Philadelphia until August 27th. Okay. So you have quite a while, um, you know, all of the summer uh, and all of the spring to, well, is, to get well, there. this isn't the only location that they're going to be doing. Right, so, doing two other so two other locations. Right. So in April, it will actually open up in Munich. So it will be going simultaneously with so the... So they're probably showing Probably different, different things. Um, and the one in Munich actually goes until September 3rd. So it goes a little bit beyond um, the Philadelphia one. And then the dates for London are actually fall of 2023. They actually don't even have their dates open yet. So I'm guessing maybe part of Munich's show and part of Philly's show might end up at the London show. I'm guessing. So let's talk a little bit about what was on display. We, you know, you mentioned there's multiple galleries. What were some of the galleries? How were they themed? What were some of the things that were there that was... They kind of stuck out at you. They, they stuff the jump. Sure. Out. So they they start off. They they go sort of in um, you know a linear fashion, starting with the very beginning of everything and how the Disney company started. And you have the the Alice shorts, um, and then Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and then obviously Mickey Mouse. So that's the the progression. So they have some original drawings 
of all three of those with some videos playing um, as you're you're walking through that section. And then they kind of go through and then it, it goes on to the whole, you know, Mickey and, and everything that happened, how he kind of blew up, I guess, and how uh, the company really kind of formed around that and, and everything. And then they had, you know, the whole music section with the original uh, songs um, for Snow White and, and you know, because that was really their first musical. And so they had some of the original sheet music from that and along with drawings and things like that. So you have that whole aspect. And then they, they go through the whole character development. How do they develop a character and, and uh, basically take you through the different um, iterations of the character. So you have, you know, here's their, their first sketch of a character and then where does it go from there? And then to the maquettes where here's our final model of a character so now you can actually see it in a 3d form to be able to manipulate it and do other things with it so so the exhibits themselves there's a lot of static exhibits Mm -hmm. that are there there's a lot of descriptive plaques Mm -hmm. to read to give descriptions and stuff like that but not all of it is static there's some interactive Mm -hmm. exhibits that they have there can you talk a little bit about the interactive well, the one interactive exhibit wasn't working, which I don't know if it hasn't been set up yet, if it was too early, or if it already broke down, which is kind of a shame if it's only been um, within the the first week. They have a lot of different ones where you can listen to different um, presentations, and then they have other ones, um, again, where... Uh, they had uh, one where it was different colors and you could pick different colors, color schemes. And when you picked certain colors, it would show you which character was uh, associated with that. I really didn't do much of the interactives. I don't know if, if you guys, because we weren't really walking around yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, we, together. We kind of blew through a good portion of it because most of the interactive. So the way the exhibit itself is arranged is... You have small rooms that are then connected by hallways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the interactive listening things and stuff like that are on the walls in those, right. in those walkways. Um, so the problem that I ran into is it, it was very crowded. Right. Right. So those, those walkways became bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I kind of was rushing to get through those into a more open room. So we skipped a lot of that right. stuff. Right. Um, most of the things that we went in and took a look at were just the static, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the eye pop. Right. You know? Right. But, right. but what I did notice is there's a lot of subtlety. Mm-hmm. In there. There's a, there's a, like when you walk into the first open room, the room itself is roughly round with large displays in mm-hmm. the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, in the middle of these large projection displays are original novels mm-hmm. like right. fairy tales right. and stuff right. like that which were they, they weren't just like library books. Right. these were like the original novels that inspired the stories that disney mm-hmm. did which if you didn't get up there and see those you would have never right and that they. was one that i had missed right whereas right. one of the things that i ended up seeing was 
um, a Winnie the Pooh that was from the live action movie. And then they had from the live action Beauty and the Beast movie, they had models from of two of the characters from that. And that was kind of like back around a corner. So there were certain things where you had to kind of wait in line to see because, you know, so many people were going to to see. But if you went past it, you would have missed it because, um, you know, they were kind of back in the the corner in, in a certain area. So they did have a section there for one of the galleries was kind of dedicated to the parks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and things that came out of the parks. Talk about that a little bit and, and what were some of the things that they had. Yeah. So one of the things was they had uh, one of the original um, ride uh, vehicles from Peter Pan. So that was really cool to to see. And really, that hasn't changed much over the years. If you, you know, have gone to the park, um, you know, recently, it pretty much looks the same. Uh, then one of the bobsleds uh, from the Matterhorn was there um, as well. Uh, one of the other things that was really cool, I don't think you had it in your video, but I know I took a picture of it, was uh, they had the original uh, name tags uh, from when the Disneyland first opened. And I guess when they had first done them, uh, they had numbers on them and they had the number one, which was Walt Disney's right. original right. name tag, you know, from the park. So that was, that was really kind of interesting. And then they had some other, um, Model. So they had uh, one of the dolls from It's a Small World. Uh, they had one of the characters from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, one of the little devils uh, there. Uh, one of the other things that was kind of cool was it was a model from... Um, all you Disney fans are going to yell at me because I'm, I'm... Is it in the movie? I don't think it was in the movie. Um, but it was um, the the inner space ride oh. and but the little model it's it's the doom buggy it's you know but it was blue because on that ride it was it was the omna uh i can't think of the 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 ride vehicle but it looks like it's a little doom buggy except it's blue and there are people in it maddie so that did, maddie did catch yeah that. i was like oh look there's my doom oh it's not the doom buggy you yeah, know but i i knew what it was because i knew they used that same ride vehicle in other rides back in the day so of of everything that they had there what was the the biggest highlight for you of the entire thing oh i don't know what jumped out at you the most? I don't know. I don't know if there was any, like, what was one. The, what th- was the most impressive thing? What was the most impressive? Well, I guess the the castle, but that wasn't, okay. you know, that was just a model of the, the, the castle. I think, you know, Walt's name badge, sure. you know, his sure. name tag sure. was probably, um, from a, you from know, a sentimental from a sentimental, totally you know. The thing that jumped out at me the most was the model of the Nautilus. Mm. Like it was the hero model that was twelve feet right, long. Right, and it was right, monstrous. right, right. That was just impressive to come around a corner and see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like everything was like, oh, wow, cool. Like if they would have had something from the Haunted Mansion, that probably would have yeah. been yeah. like 
my but they but they didn't and that was kind of yeah but that's the whole thing is i don't know if other it's a shame because it was such a pet project of of what right to do. Right. He was right. so so involved in, in doing that. Like I would have liked to have seen more stuff with the audio animatronics yeah. and a little bit more of the the history um, and the technology for that. But again, they had the different movies going on in one of the movies, you know, one of the clips they had was a behind the scenes of the Haunted yeah. Mansion. So they did have have well, that. Let's, so. let's run the video. Sure, you sure. kind of give us some commentary over the video and, and point out the things that catch your eye. Sure. So this was a cute little pre-show, I guess, when you first, you know, walked in. And it was neatly done because uh-huh. it, it was a, it, if, when you're there, it's a, it's a hologram. It's, it's mm-hmm. a multi-screen, three-dimensional hologram. Yeah. So, of course, being able to see, you know, Walt Disney like that was, was really kind of cool. Um, you know, kind of creepy, but kind of cool at the same, same time. We believe in it all the way. We have confidence in our ability to do it right, and we work hard to do the best possible job. There's really no secret about our approach. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors, doing new things, because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. We're always exploring and experimenting. And move along. Right. <laughs> yeah, so this is the, the first section that you, you kind of walk through and it and it shows, you know, Oswald. Um, then this was an area where they had concepts uh, of the different parks. Uh, different lands, and of course, the Haunted Mansion right there. This was that book uh, section that you were talking about. So this was talking about where they got the inspiration for uh, their different movies and, and shorts and things like that. And this was, again, the innovation area and the multiplane, a miniature version of the multiplane camera. Um, talking about, again, that the first animated musical. And, and that was the, the original. the original scores mm-hmm. there for. Yeah. And the original, you know, record, yeah. record album. Yeah, like this is where you kind of start, you feel the history here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they had various different costumes uh, from some of their live action. So this was from the Cruella movie. So that's one of the interactive ones where you can listen to the... Right. So they kind of had like a little history of Cruella. What's this? I don't know. Some... Some science fiction. Some science fiction-y thing and some dice from a guy that wants to be a pilot. And <laughs> Oh, look, it's chicken. No, it's pork. <laughs> well, that's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, BB-8. And these were screen-used... Props that were were here. Right. Um, so some, you know, they had a, a nice little Star Wars section. So it was kind of cool, obviously. It was little though. Yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of surprising that it was as small as it was. Here's those books Here's again. Those books again. 
Yeah, and there were different interactive things with that. that yeah, I, each of them had screens on there. And then this was the music section, talking about how influential music, you know, and how much a part of it music is. There's that uh, creepy doll. There's that creepy doll. It's and and this is neat because it actually lights up, like there's a shot of the actual ride, ride there, yeah. and they lit up. Ironically enough, the devil not nearly as creepy as the other one was. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely not as creepy as that. And he's from, you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And then this was interesting, so... Um, in a at, creepy way. In a creepy way. <laughs> I have a story about uh, the the doll that we can talk about after uh, after the, the video. Um, and then they had, you know, a little bit of a Marvel section, so that was kind of nice to, when to be included. When the movie makes as much as it does, you have to... You have to, yeah, you have to put something in uh, from that. And then, of course, you know, when you get to the end, there's a gift shop. They're <laughs> so, very Disney of them. Surprisingly poorly stocked gift shop, though. Yeah. Not as many exclusive things as I would have expected. This was actually seeing uh, things from the musicals. Too. Yes, they they did a whole you know so along with the musical they also had the Broadway aspect of it. And, and then the here's that Nautilus. The Nautilus. The Nautilus. Like it's literally twelve feet, mm-hmm. fifteen feet. Yeah, in yeah. Length. It's monstrous. And here's a creepy Olaf to go along with the other creepy characters we saw. Because <laughs> again, this was part of uh, the Broadway show, and had they developed it and, and made the character. And, and then this was, you know, this really cool Cinderella's castle that was kind of towards the end of it with. You know, not the fireworks. So, not so loud fireworks. Not so loud fireworks. And you never get to watch fireworks when we're at the parks. I very rarely do. So this was I a- never get to see them from the right angle. I'm usually seeing them from the backside of something because our daughter is not a fan of loud sounds. But now with, you know, AirPods, she could. Right. And maybe I'll actually get to see fireworks the next time. We uh, we go. So what was interesting about that Mickey doll was, again, one of the the specials that's on Disney Plus where they kind of do a behind the scenes thing. And this is from one that was from a couple of years ago. So it's it's not new. But if you uh, go on Disney Plus, uh, you'll find it. They talk about that Mickey doll because when Mickey, his shorts, you know, became available, there was this woman who knitted who who sewed this doll and had sent it to to walt and he loved it so much that he kind of hired her to make them but she couldn't make them fast enough so she actually sold the pattern to mccall's so that so that's what that doll represented there um where you could go and buy the pattern to make your own Mickey Mouse doll. So that was kind of, you know, an, an interesting, you know, side note of seeing that okay. and then seeing it on, on the television show, too. So. so to wrap it all up, what are your final thoughts on the Disney 100 exhibition at the Franklin Institute? 
if you're a fan, you have to go. You 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 can't miss this opportunity, especially if you're somewhere within, you know, the East Coast or if, you know, you're out on the West Coast and you want to fly out to 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 Pennsylvania, <laughs> to, to Philadelphia and make a, a weekend trip of it. There's obviously enough stuff to do in, in the area. We we're pretty historic uh, in the Philadelphia area. We've had a couple of things happen here. Uh, so, so you could definitely make a, 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 a week, uh, you know, a, a long weekend trip. Um, what's nice is that if it's something where you don't want to do the rest of the museum, because if you get a, um, if you go during the day, for with the exhibit, you get the rest of the uh, Franklin Institute uh, included in it. But if it's something where you don't want to do that, they do evening hours Thursday through Saturday from eight uh, from five to eight p.m. So it's a little bit less because you're just doing the exhibit. But if you want to have you know a full day, then obviously you can uh, do the the museum as well as uh, the exhibit. And again, up until August twenty seventh in Philadelphia, then unless you're in Munich, then that one starts in April, and then uh, this fall it'll be in London. All right, and you know, like you said, we're gonna probably go back again in the evening just mm-hmm. for the exhibit, right? Hopefully it won't be as crowded, but fortunately we have plenty of time to do it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ZoloCon. We'll be right back. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Welcome back to Insights and Entertainment. Now we get to talk about ZoloCon. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. I know. So ZoloCon is a sci-fi and fantasy expo that focuses on vintage toys and comics from the 1970s and up. Tell us about it. Tell us about your experience. How did you enjoy it this year? So uh, this past weekend, it's funny because as far as we knew, they only did it once a year. And then I guess last year or the year before, they started doing it twice a year. Now, this year, they'll actually be doing three different uh, events. So this happened to be what they consider their winter edition. Um, and it was actually the largest one to date. Um, and we could definitely tell uh, 
vendors all over the place in, in various different places, even in some parts of the building we had never even been to uh, before. Um, and every area was jam-packed. I don't think there was really any empty spaces no, this like year. No, you'd go through there and you'd see like empty vendor tables or vendors that didn't right, show up right. or something. Everybody was packed. Yeah, everybody was like, there. Two, you have a, the main room where the centrifuge is, which is the highlight of the whole thing. Right. You have another room at that level and then a hallway that was packed. Mm-hmm. Then you have the upstairs room. Right. Where you've got two rooms split by a bar, which, by the way, they had alcohol on the main floor this time. Right, so right. You, you can get drinks the whole time and get sloshed while you're buying <laughs> lots of toys. Right, right. And then down on the first floor, they had vendors there, which... They'd never had before, and they were also doing tattoos. And they were doing tattoos there were a couple there of different well. tattoo artists, which that seems to be like the new thing at toy at shows and yeah, conventions yeah. is to have a various tattoo artist go buy a Luke Skywalker and get a tattoo right. while you, while you're here. <laughs> so not only did we find the exhibition area downstairs, mm-hmm. we also happened to find the restaurant they had there that we never knew they had. Right. And I think that's relatively new as well. So that might have, you know, been something that they started. Well, I did see the one sign that they were normally open just like Fridays, I guess, during the week. So maybe on the weekends or if they have have an event and they know there are going to be people around because I can't see just going there for a meal. It's kind of out of a out of the way. Um, Well, and that's the, the complex that they're in. Right. Is an office complex. Right. There's a school in there. There's right. a manufacturing in there. So there's I could a, see, like, on a Friday. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. different stuff that's actually in there. Right. Um, at what used to be the Brewster Aviation plant before World War II, and then it became the uh, Naval Testing uh, mm-hmm. Station as well. Uh, so, again, Philadelphia, a lot of history just in that one little area yeah. there. Yeah. Um, how were the crowds? It was crowded but it wasn't you know it it wasn't unmanageable it was because everybody kind of flowed through and it's it's done in such a way in the main room because it's where the centrifuge is it's a big circular room they do two rows so they have the the inner circle and they have the outer circle just like a dart yeah um, and they leave enough room in between so you definitely don't feel like you're, you know, getting, uh, you know, claustrophobic. And usually what we end up doing, because there's so much on both sides, is we'll do each, you know, each aisle, each circle twice. We'll do, you know, the outside. So we look at just that, so you know, the left side, then you do the right side, then you come to the inner circle. Do the right. Side, and do the right so side. that this way we, we get to see, you know, everything so that we're not, oh, did you see that? No, I was looking over here. And, and I never felt like there wasn't enough room uh, to, to do that. Um, they do have stairs to get to the upstairs area, but there's also elevators, which were very spacious because uh, we ended up taking that. It was like a cargo elevator. Yeah. Um, so, which was themed by the way. Yes, it was, it was space themed. So it it was just so, (laughs) that part is, is, is kind of cool. But 
they have something for everyone. Uh, you know, they have the if you're into pops, which that seems to be a, a big sell- seller. Uh, you know, almost everybody. You know, you'll you'll find a a, a a handful or two handfuls of vendors that are selling that. Then you have brand new toys that are out. Obviously, the vintage toys, and that's what a lot of people obviously are are going for. Um, there was uh, the one vendor. I think this was the first time we saw her, uh, who does pins. Yes, beautiful pins. So between Maddie and myself, uh, you know, we bought a, a bunch of different pins. Well, and even the the pendant guy that I had mm-hmm. bought the yeah, I was going to say which the pendant. I don't talk about him because he hasn't gotten his right. He hasn't gotten his stuff yet. <laughs> but the the pendant guy that's there who hand makes his own pendants, right? Um, and it was neat because he's asking, he's he's there interacting with. Him. He's not just selling his stuff, right? He's he's soliciting input for what you'd like mm-hmm. to see him make right. In like, his next show. what would you like me to make? So that's what's always so cool about these events is it's that unique item that you didn't know existed maybe or you did and you're like oh um you know the one guy who we've seen you know because again we go to so many of these now that we run into a lot of the same uh you know vendors but it's like okay well what do you have for this show and the one guy he sells lego minifigures and he makes uh the the lego figures this time around i didn't buy a lego figure from him he was selling purses and uh wallets and he had a haunted mansion purse and i was like all right take my money (laughs) so again something you never know what you're gonna find when you go and like you said Part of the whole ZoloCon experience is the venue itself. Sure. Just, you know, knowing the history of that building and, and what happened there. And that was what was kind of cool, too. This time around was because we were going to these other areas of the building, there were more pictures and plaques and and different historical things about what had happened at that building in the past. So that's that's really kind of cool. That I had noticed was while it was vendor heavy, it was kind of light on artists this time around. Mm. There wasn't many. Like last time there was probably three or four times as many artists yeah. on that inner ring there. Didn't get as many artists this time. So I don't know if it's really a like it's not a comic book show. Right. Even though there are guys that are that are selling comics. Right. So you don't get a lot of artists. They had the one um the one author there who Maddie had bought her book last time. Oh, we okay. There, but not really a lot in the way of artwork. Right. Which I don't have enough room on my walls right now as mm-hmm. it is, but Right. Kind of noticed that was was one of the big changes. They also changed the refreshment area up here mm-hmm. uh, this time because they put the alcohol down where the refreshments were, so you didn't have the seating area there. So right. For someone like me who I can't stay on my feet that long, it was kind of difficult trying to find little nooks and and so forth here. And in fact, when we left, I had to send you guys back up. Right. The last piece I wanted because I just couldn't I couldn't do all the walking. Right, right. So happy with what you got? Did you get anything that was good? 
Yeah, we, like I said, Maddie and I got a couple of pins. I ended up getting some Star Wars Pyrax, <laughs> really for you, for, right. for lunches. So, yeah, interesting, unique things that wouldn't have thought to, well, let me, to let find. Let me and, cue up the video. Sure. We can, we can, this was video footage that, that we took while we were there, and I had Maddie walk around with the camera for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just to see what some of the things were that they had. Yeah, so it's neat to to see, you know, because again, here's the the big giant centrifuge and various space stuff just there while you're while you're walking around. But you can see how wide these aisles. Oh are, so yeah, there's plenty of room yeah. for the aisles, which is nice. So you're not elbow to elbow with people. Right, like right, some of the shows. right. You know, you know, some of the sections, you know, with individual vendors. If they had like a little corner and you wanted to go into the corner to see, then it might have been tight. But other than that, for the most part, you know, and there were a lot of people there when when we were there. So it wasn't like it was. And this was Sunday that we were there. Right. You know, we usually always tend to go on a Sunday. If we're not going for panels or for celebrities, which we usually don't go for. We'll almost always go on a Sunday. We'll go on the last day of the show because the vendors tend to be a lot more interested in selling their stuff. Right. Um, yeah, and you have, you know, you know, a bunch of the vendors uh, with homemade, you know. Yep. Uh, a couple of vendors with D&D stuff, dice right. and dice towers, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's kind of nice to see that coming into its own now. Right. I really need to coach her on how not to mix some movements <laughs> with the camera. A couple of these I had to slow down. Go slow. Yeah, it's it's just such a, a nice... Uh, y- yeah, because like the one vendor selling coffee, he wasn't there at, right. at this one. So, oh, here was the pin. pin. Yeah. And ton all... Of, ton of pins. Too. Ton of different types of pins. And more on her website, which is nice. A couple of people... Dressed up, not a whole lot. Not a lot, but you know there were were some. They were doing a custom toy. Well, they usually do a costume contest. Did they do that on Saturday? Is that why? I don't. I don't know. Maybe, but they were doing a custom toy contest. Right, like a action figure. Right. Toy. Yeah. Right. So again, lots of different pops. I was um, talking to this that particular vendor. He uh-huh. said he's got three thousand pops back at his. At his oh, I bet. Right <laughs> I I bet. And then you have different video games. So if you play any, you know, older systems, there's usually always a couple of different people uh, selling uh, that. Sometimes you get a T-shirt person yep. uh, selling things. The the one T-shirt guy um, who does T-shirt artwork and pins. He happened to to be there, so I picked up a T-shirt uh, from him. Maddie picked up another pin of his because I follow him on Facebook, so I knew he had an Owl House, which is uh, one of the shows that that she and I watch on Disney Plus. So he had a pin uh, that had come out a couple of months ago. So we knew he was going to be there, so we definitely m- made a beeline to to go and, and get uh, something from him. Well, so. And the thing that's really nice is that when you have that many vendors there, there's you don't get a lot of duplicate vendors. You get yes. a lot of variety, a lot mm-hmm. of different things to choose from. 
And the vendors, like the interaction with the vendors, I, I think since COVID really I've noticed has been very positive. They're very outgoing. Mm-hmm. They're very engaging now. Because everybody misses being around yeah. people and, and talking to people and yeah. and and doing and this. And I struck up a conversation mm-hmm. with one of the vendors. I was there for 15 minutes just talking about, you know, how the shows have been going mm-hmm. and how business has been and, you know, different types of customers. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, they're not just vendors. They're people that love the same things that you love right. too. So right. it's, it's almost like a community at this mm-hmm. point. Oh, absolutely. Kind of nice. Absolutely. And that was, you know, they, um, one of the, the Facebook groups, they, they have a, another Zolocon Facebook group and, and it was one of the organizers of it. And he was just over the moon about, you know, how well it went and that this was, yeah. you know, their largest, uh, you know, attendance to, to date and that they couldn't speak you know they they had so many nice things to say about the vendors that were there about the guests that were there about uh you know just everything all around just yeah. giving out the love it's a great uh, to, show it's it's a great venue it's not far for us it's in warminster right uh so it's what 45 minutes about drive 45 maybe? minutes for us yeah um so it's not that far from us and it's it's just a it's it's a nice day out mm-hmm and it's it's kind of nice to go out there and buy stuff that you can't buy anywhere else. Right, exactly. And that's what's always, you know, and I think for us now, we've kind of, <laughs> we've gotten to the point where we just have way too much yeah. stuff. You've seen our collection and it's still, you know, since we did that video, what, a year ago now, there's been more stuff. And that was only a, a small that, sample. Yeah, that wasn't even all of it. Um, where we've kind of come to the conclusion we don't need to buy anything more. So for us to go to a show, it's really to see, you know, it's the experience experience of it or to find that. Well, like I'm going to find stuff for other people now. Like I managed to get two really cool things for Sam this time. Right. That I couldn't get anywhere else, but right. That's kind of where I'm at. Right. And Maddie ended up picking up a couple of things that she wouldn't have normally been able to find, Um, you know, and the things that I got again were that unique, individual, one of a kind yeah, the types thing. Of things that I would be looking to add to my collection at this point are things that would require me to mortgage the house. <laughs> so much. I'm trying not to add things to my collection at this point, right? And that, or if you find that small little thing that okay, that's not going to take up, you know. A lot of room, or, right. you know, or this adds to somebody else or something to go with D&D or, you know, something. Yeah, that's really what I'm looking for now. I was kind of disappointed I didn't find any D&D minis there. Not right. that I need more minis either. Right. But. You don't need more minis either. But that's, you know, that's the thing is for us, it's also the experience of just going and being with the community. Absolutely. Um, and again, this is the type of show where there aren't panels, there aren't the celebrities to go see. It's not like Monster Mania or Wizards or, you know, some of the other shows. It's really... Fan Expo. It's fan. not Wizards anymore. It'll always be Wizards. It'll always be Wizards to me, just like Downtown Disney. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that away from me. All right. Um, so I, I think we've, we've covered that one pretty well. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back... We're going to 
get a feeler for how Bob's doing. The new, the new, the new old Bob. That's what I should have named this. The new old Bob show. We'll be right back. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. So Bob is back at Disney, not that Bob, the other Bob. Right. So we've the we've, original Bob. We've, we've swapped Bob's back to the old Bob, um, and you know he's facing some challenges. He's only supposed to be there for two years, kind of a short time to to turn things around. Chapic did a brilliant job of running things into the ground in the short amount of time that he was there. Uh, one of the first things that Iger's doing now that he's back is. Uh, Apparently slashing 7,000 jobs and uh, there's 5.5 billions in cost cutting he has to make somewhere. Should I feel bad that, that Disney's hard up for cash at this point in time? And that's the thing is, are they really? Because I haven't seen anything where... Not according to their stock price, they're not. Right. That's, uh, you know, where it's kind of... Huh? <laughs> right, right. And it's almost it's almost imagined because you look at some of the things that they're running into and you're running into sluggish box office sales. You know, like for instance that that new Quantumania movie came out and it tanked at the box office. Mm-hmm. Okay, well box office sales are down in general since since COVID. Right. That plus everyone knows that their stuff's going to come out on Disney Plus in a few months. So right, why so why the money to go to the box office? Right. Right. The streaming business has been hit hard because they've completely flooded the market and turned people off with crap, really. I mean, they're literally just just churning out stuff to put on there. Right. And it's not quality stuff. So the Or the stuff that is good, they cancel after two seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there have been a, a number of shows that Maddie and I have started to watch, and it's like, oh, by the way, this is done now. Right. Like, Oh, we couldn't even get like a second season or a third season? Like, hmm, okay. Right. Thanks. So it almost makes you not want to watch something right. until there's it's almost like three or four Google. seasons out. Like nobody wants to get – Google comes out with really cool stuff, but as soon right. as you get into it, they cancel it and it goes mm-hmm. away. So right. nobody wants to do that. And Disney's putting themselves into the same position mm-hmm. as well. They're canceling shows that I'm not even watching. Usually I'm the one that kills shows when right, I watch them and start right. getting into them. Exactly, exactly. So I think that $5.5 billion they're talking about really is a, it's a it's a fictitious number that they think they should be making that. 
I don't think Disney's losing money. Disney's got more money than God. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when God needs to put a new world in place, he goes to Disney for a loan. That what it does. So it's not that Disney's losing money. They're just not making it as fast as they want to. Okay. And and part of the problem you run into is, yeah, you know what? You keep coming out with superhero movies just for the sake of coming out with superhero movies. They finally reached a point of saturation with Marvel. And nobody wants to go see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they learned that lesson pretty fast with Star Wars. Right. You know, they flooded the market with Star Wars, trying to turn it into another Marvel, and they that bit them in the butt really quick. Right, right. So uh, I, I can't feel bad for Disney. Mm-hmm. So the real question comes down to, in two years, can they come up with a succession plan for Iger? And, and really what I have to ask is, do you need a succession plan for Iger? Is is he really going to be gone in two years? Mm. Because given how much his incentive is for success, I don't see him going away anytime soon. Yeah, I could see him still staying on as a consultant right. when he's still right. doing so. things. But then again, you also have to look at everything that's kind of going on right now in the state of Florida. And that's a whole other kit and caboodle of that whole toxicness. Well, let's let's be honest. What's going on in Florida is a temporary thing. Hopefully. It's temporary because it's a pissing match between DeSantis and Disney. Right. And it really was a pissing match between DeSantis and Chappick. Right. And Chappick's out of the picture, and right. DeSantis is going to be out of the picture in 2024 when he runs for president anyway. Hopefully. So it, it doesn't really – that's not that big a deal. In fact, Disney came out with a statement recently basically saying, you know, we're going to focus on what we do best. We're going to provide the best experience for people, blah, blah, blah. They took the high ground. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy into the taunting and and the, the stick poking that DeSantis was trying to draw them into. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, look, we operate under numerous jurisdictions and numerous regulations around the world, and we make it work, and we'll make it work here. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, I think what's going to happen with this little pissing match between DeSantis and Disney is the taxpayers are going to lose out. Mm -hmm. You know, they skirted around the idea of, of not, of having to take on all that debt for Reedy Creek by just re, re, uh, what did they restructuring the the zone itself? And now DeSantis has his hand picked group of right. Board he picked all of his there. board members and everything. Well, the fact of the matter is, Disney's been supplementing Reedy Creek since it was created. Mm-hmm. Disney's not going to do that anymore. Right. So Reedy Creek or whatever the, the Central Florida Tourism District or whatever they call it now, because they had to rename it. They're not going to have the same budget they had before, but they still have the same requirements. And it's ultimately the people of Florida that are going to have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And I think when people look at their tax bill after this whole fiasco, this little vindictive fiasco that the the Santas put together, they're going to realize, well, maybe we shouldn't have reelected him for this. Maybe he's having a hard time keeping politics out of, out of business and, keeping it from being personal and, you know, that's really what it was. It was his own little. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
And ultimately, when the Florida taxpayers get their bill, that's when you're going to start seeing things change. And I think what's going to happen is by the time he goes to run for president, those tax bills are going to be in. And it's going to seriously impact his ability to raise money for his campaign. That's just what I think. I'm not a fortune teller myself. <laughs> so that state down there of flux is really not going to be that big of an impact. Mm. Disney's the number one job uh, maker in the in the state. Absolutely. Do you really want to piss them off and have them leave the state? And and that's the thing because there are a lot of people who. Don't forget, there were a lot of people from California where they, you know, the Disney company was transferring a lot of jobs from California down to Florida. And now there are a lot of people that are like, I don't know if I want to go down here in this hostile environment right now, the, the way that things are. So now there's, you know, some various talk going back and forth of, well, maybe we should wait yeah. <laughs> two years before, you know, making this this change that maybe uh, maybe California is the better idea. And of course, there's, you know, all the different people saying that, you know, gee, I wonder what Florida would be like if Disney decided, you know what, we're gonna just up and move Walt Disney World to a, a different part of the country, right? And see how quick. Yeah, you know. I mean, you're, you're gonna. It's it's Disney is such a huge part of the economy down mm -hmm. there that all they have to do is move one division that they have down mm -hmm. there, and you're talking thousands of jobs mm -hmm. that move out of the state. Yeah, yeah. And and it's the response. It's it's a direct response to. DeSantis. Mm -hmm. He can't afford that bad press. No, no. And the only reason he's doing the things he's doing now and the other stunts that he's doing, it's not just Disney centric. Oh, know, yeah. The whole stunt with the, the moving, flying migrants mm -hmm. up to Democrat cities and his whole stance. I love the fact that he's, he's got this major stance against border security. Mm hmm. Somebody really tell, needs to tell the man he doesn't have a border with another country with his state. He right. doesn't. So you don't have border security. Right, right. So uh, he's doing all this just for the publicity he mm -hmm. needs to gain national attention mm -hmm. so that he can make a run for 2024. After 2024, assuming he doesn't win, after 2024, he's going to be relegated to the crap pile of history at that point in yeah, time. Yeah, he's going to be wishing he had a job at Disney. Yeah, because he's he's going to he's burning every bridge mm -hmm. there. Because what's Disney going to do? They they bought they thought they bought him as a politician mm -hmm. because they backed his 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 original election. What's going to happen when your politician that you bought doesn't doesn't vote in your favor? You're going to go buy another politician. Right, exactly. And the last thing you want is to have Literally one of the largest corporations in the world, again, a company with more money than God backing a politician other than you in the mm -hmm. presidential race. Yep. How that's never gonna end well for a DeSantis. No. And that's exactly what's gonna wind up happening. Here's to hoping. Plus all those voters that they mm -hmm. have down there. Oh, all absolutely. All those taxpayers that they mm -hmm. have down there that are getting screwed by DeSantis, does he think they're going to vote for him for president? If he gets into a pissing match with Disney when he's just a governor of, of a state, 
What's he going to do as president? He's not going to be looking out for the, for these Mm-mm. people. No. So he's burning his own bridges. So by 2024, be- between him and Trump tearing the Republican Party to the ground and literally just burning it to the ground, <laughs> he's not going to have anything after 2024. So I'm not worried about any of any of that stuff. Okay. But, you know, Iger's staying out of that now. It was right. funny how he was commenting on it when, when Chappick was steering the ship in the wrong direction. Right, right. You know. To try and get him. Chappick already had the company in the ditch, and he was over there kind of poking a stick in his cape about it. Right, Now that he's back in charge, he's not saying anything Mm -mm. about it. He's tight-lipped about the whole thing. Which is the way it needs to be. Exactly. So the one thing I did see is that they're doing away with the the parking charge. Right. We did see that that was, you know, one of the, the things that did go away. Um, and that helps me to justify going down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that's really been one of the only things I've seen kind of come back. I know they were talking about the reservation system that they're, they were still leaving that in place, but they were opening it up for more people. Um, the, the park hopping, changing the time on that to make it more accessible. I think they were Starting to do some of the annual passes. Right. They were doing the Again, extra magic hours in the morning. They were expanding right. out to other resorts. Right. So, so the problem is, is he's Chappick dug a huge mm-hmm. hole. Right. He's gotta he's gotta claw his way out of mm-hmm. before he wins people like me back. Yeah. And I wasn't a big fan of Igers to begin with. Right. So he's gonna have to he's got he's got his work cut out for him. Right. I would want to be in his position. And I don't think he's going to be able to fix all of this stuff in two years. No, I think a lot of it, it's it's going to take time because it's one of those things. They were so quick to make the changes in the first place. And then, of course, you had the pandemic that yeah, kind of escalated the it. kind of breathed down, was so, everyone's neck about it. Right. So, like, now you have, um, you know, they're starting to do dining options again. Uh, you know, like, not the traditional dining plan that they had before, but something, and they you know. And got to get rid of the Genie Plus. Oh, my they're God. They're not, though. That's the problem. Genie Plus isn't going they'll anywhere. Never, they're modifying it they'll again. They'll never win me back right. with Genie Plus. I'm sorry. I am, yeah. It was a waste of money. It was mm-hmm. a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. I walked out of Disney for the first time in, what, 18 years that we've been going? 15 years that we've been going? Walked out of the first time and felt like I didn't get my money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. And when you're paying Disney money, right. you damn well better feel like you're getting your mm-hmm. money's worth out of it. No, I agree. I agree. I was I was very disappointed with it as well. And, and I – and – you know, and but you never even had you never felt like you had that with the fast passes. Like you didn't have to really learn how to navigate it. It was, kind of, you know, like yeah, there were probably people when fast pass first started that had a hard time with it and didn't quite understand how to make it work. And and you know, well, and that once was you got the hand. Once you're gonna hang a fast pass, you could make the system work for you. Right. There's no way the Genie Plus works for anybody. I don't know. That, and that's the thing is, I 
I think we probably needed to do a little bit more research. But that's it's the a other system, but, but right, but that's my whole point is that I shouldn't have to take a college course in how to use Genie Plus before I go on a vacation. That's well, where and the thing is they build it as being anybody can use it. It's super convenient. You do everything through the app. Everything's wonderful. Right. Well, one, I'm paying for it. Two, it has built-in restrictions that doesn't even come close to comparing with FastPass the way it right, was. Right, right. Three, the app was terrible. Right. It was confusing. It didn't always work. Oh, mm-hmm. and you got to kill your phone battery just so right. you can get around the park. Right, exactly. Terrible idea. Right. The idea is I'm on a vacation. I shouldn't have to be constantly on. Right. My phone, like when they had FastPass Plus, when they had the FastPass system, you know, as long as you knew what time your FastPass was for, it was simple. You didn't need to be on your phone. I could do all that on my phone, or I could go to a kiosk, or I could go to a park uh, cast member in the park. I got options. Right. And that was free. Right. I'm paying for a system that they've deliberately handicapped now. Right. So... As long as that's in place, they're not going to get me back. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that simple. Yeah, I agree. So, sorry, Bob, but it's an uphill battle. <laughs> I wouldn't want his job. Yeah, it's... I wouldn't even want a salary for his job. To be honest with you, it's gonna it's gonna take a while. It's it's not something that's gonna. But he that's the thing. He doesn't have a while. He doesn't have a while. Yes, I know. Well, so I unless maybe... he's making revolutionary changes. They're breathing down his neck about $5.5 billion that they didn't lose that they want back because they're not making money right. fast enough. That's what they're concerned about. And, th- and that's the thing is where is it that you're cutting these jobs? Is it from, you know, certain divisions? Is it well, a little they bit? They didn't ramp back up from the cuts from COVID. Right. Yeah. And, and that was going to be my next thing is I know that there are still cast members from the parks that never got called back because mm-hmm. they just never opened up that section of the park or, you know, where they had had worked before. So yeah, that's OK. How many, you know, are these new cuts now what are you going to cut what are you closing or is it yeah you know that that's the whole thing what service am i losing now i go down but i'm paying for not going to cut the price right you're going to raise the price Mm -hmm. because you need to make them right because you need to make the money now so i'll wait for the dust to settle and and figure out who his successor is and how bad they are yeah i guess before before i go back down anyway uh, okay, we haven't had a chance to bash Disney in a while. It's good to see. Do you feel better I now? I feel. I do. I feel like there's a weight lifted <laughs> off of me now. This was such a great de-stressor for me. I'm so glad. So that's all we had today. Uh, before we do go, I want to once again invite uh, our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, audio versions of this podcast can be found listed as Insights and Entertainment. You can get audio and video of all of our podcasts listed as Insights into Things. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, etc. I would also invite you to write to us 
You can email us at commentsandinsightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash insights underscore things. We do stream five days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash insightsintothingspodcast. You can find us streaming six days a week on YouTube, as well as all of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insightsintothings. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com backslash insights into things. Or you can find all that and more on our official website at insightsintothings.com. That's it. Another one in the books. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. 